Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to unlock the knowledge. Today we're going to be talking about the sequel trilogy and why The Force Awakens to me is the best sequel trilogy movie. And get ready for some Q&A. Are you ready? Ready up. Ready up. My destiny. Apprentices and acolytes, it's about time you listen in for the knowledge because the podcast that you know and love from all around the galaxy is here. That's right. Coming in from the Dark Temple. Visited by Mara Jade, Luke Skywalker, Kyle Katan, and so many other Force sensitives like yourself. I am Lord Dagavir, and I'm here to give you the knowledge. Ready up. Let's go, fam. It's another week, and again, yes, absolutely. It has been so freaking crazy for my job, for everything that's been going on. And, dude, it's just like, it won't stop. It won't stop. So the only thing I can put out right now <laughs> is my podcast, and I'm trying so hard to do other things. But, hey, you know what? I requested off for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, for the Kenobi series uh, because, you know, we're getting two freaking episodes right off the bat. And I'm going to need all the time just to edit both of those things in the entire Two episodes is going to be online for you guys, uh, so you're going to see my reactions, and you're going to have the breakdowns of everything, uh, which is going to be awesome because uh, the first time Bad Batch was released, remember, that was a 90-minute intro. Uh, that was crazy, and I couldn't do it because th there was a power outage here and everything else that was going on. Star Wars Visions, I couldn't get every single episode on. I only got, like, the first two episodes of the anime. You know, it was just it just wasn't uh, necessarily the experience that I wanted to give, you know, anyone that watches my content it's so it stinks so bad because you come at me because you want the uh the knowledge you know you want the story and then you also want the reactions the passion you know because you know i'm such a huge enthusiast for star wars and that's ultimately why people listen to me is because man this guy's so he gets so excited about star wars he won't stop getting excited what is this you know so that's that's usually who i am and i want to make sure that you guys have every single bit and piece of energy and and happiness and sadness and whatever it is that uh, that's going on in my head but hey um yeah so the thumbnail yes absolutely i do believe that the force awakens is the best of the sequel trilogy now that's not saying they're like it has the best scenes or anything like that i just it's my favorite honestly that's what i'm saying it is my favorite uh because it's so hopeful you know uh i i just feel like every time i listen to the the song and the suite uh of the orchestra oh man it's just it's it's just so good and um so much potential Honestly, like, after that movie is done, so much potential, you know? Uh, and there still is. It's Star Wars, you know? And this is not to shoot at any of the sequel trilogy, okay? I'm not... This This is not that podcast. I am not that channel. If you're looking to talk crap, please go somewhere else. I'm just talking about good, positive stuff here, and that's all I want to talk about. But first thing is first. We have so many questions for this week on our podcast. We have so many. I think we got, like, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, <laughs> man that's awesome that's i cannot believe so many people listen to me <laughs> really it's the podcast getting like a hundred plus views it's it's like it's crazy so yeah let, let's so let's get into it the first one from fam coming all the way from john r dude literally talks on every single in comments every single one of my reactions and videos i i love that fam and even if you if someone that you're not that does that you just like listening that's man you, seriously i i do this because of you so thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart because you're literally the reason why i wake up and i want to do this at the end of the day Okay, so John R, the man that let the mention, says, Do you think it will be revealed in the Kenobi series that one of the reasons why Obi-Wan aged so quickly is part due to the season uh, of a private struggle with death sticks? <laughs> that is so funny i thought i really thought this was going down like i was like oh we're gonna talk about the sun because that's so so that's funny i'm actually rereading kenobi right now because it's literally been so long since i've read uh the kenobi book the legends book uh and there's so many things that i'm just like oh yeah wow this is gonna be whack i wonder if they're gonna do something with this um because they, you know that's one of the first books that takes place right after revenge of the sith episode three where of course you know obi-wan kenobi is on his way to deliver uh luke skywalker and just literally be on his exile and sitting there in the Tatooine Suns, right? So, uh, oh, and I, I know it's so funny because when you see in McGregor, 
and you know he's very youthful even today like he literally looks like he hasn't aged a day uh you know kind of sort of like same thing with hayden christensen you know the actor for anakin skywalker and they're literally just like the same <laughs> and it's so funny because when you watch episode four a new hope and and then you see uh <laughs> you see alec guinness and you know he's like grandpa old you know and that's always been been the thing is like well gosh dang you know like the the age gap here in the timeline is like 20 plus years but he still looks like he's way too old you know and i'm just like i think it's so funny because everyone had always put the blame on the tattooing sun and the heat the desert you know oh man you know that tattooing sun it does a number on you Ooh, the tattooing suns do a number on you day man you know so i just think it's so funny uh, how, how that is, and, and you just totally went to Death Sticks. <laughs> There's his struggle with Death Sticks. Now when I watch Attack of the Clones, and he tells that, he tells that poor guy that he's gonna, t he's gonna tell him, you know, you don't want to do Death Sticks. I feel like now Obi-Wan Kenobi knows from experience. And no, that's, I mean, that's a joke, but that's terrifying. That, that's a whole nother universe. You know, there's a multi, there's a what if. That's, that's the story about why Obi-Wan Kenobi told him to lay out the death sticks. Thanks so much, John R. I appreciate you. You're a, you're a huge fam. I, I look forward to every single comment, every single time, fam. Thank you so much. So we got uh, Salmonus Prime says, what are some of your predictions on what's going to happen and who will appear in the Mandalorian season three? So uh, I'm telling you right now, I, I do feel like as we get into this, and this is actually something that I did want to talk about in my podcast today. I actually was going to make the entire topic about it, but I decided not to because I wanted to talk about the sequel trilogy because I'm still anti Anticipating. I'm getting excited for uh, a potential Finn series or, you know, Daisy Ridley coming back and then something happening there. I, I, I just, I want something. I, I, I don't want the story to end. I don't want the franchise to make the same exact mistake that I made with Hayden Christensen and every other actor that has been a part of this and had potential for a character. And then, you know, then they end up dying in like 10, 15 years. I don't want that to happen. I'm, I'm so sick of this franchise doing that, you know, uh, and I just want to make sure that no matter how many, how much people hate things, that people get opportunities, you know, because this is Star Wars, and I feel like we have such a beautiful opportunity to do stuff with entertainment these days, because people just want more and more and more and more, and if the actors want to do stuff, and you, and you can pay them, you know, because, you know, everyone needs money, everyone needs jobs, you know, why not just write good stories for them? I don't, I don't think any Star Wars fan would ever complain about a character getting a good story. And, and good action and you know and creating more potential for the universe to be fleshed out that's why they love the animated series so much right so i'm trailing so let's get back to this right so who will you appear in mandalorian season three and the reason why i talked about this is because i feel like sometimes maybe a little bit of mando is a little too much because yes he he's he's carrying ultimately the like the new star wars era uh, and someone had talked about that too. Um, I think it was on Twitter. I saw something ever on the lines of like, yeah, oh, that's what it was. So I saw uh, Terry Morrison, of course, who was the actor for Boba Fett uh, in the book of Boba Fett. And of course, he's Jango Fett in the sequel, uh, in the prequel trilogy, and and he plays all the clones in in the prequel trilogy, right? So I was thinking, is like, man, dude, I love this dude so much. I want Boba Fett season two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, you know, because I love Boba Fett so much, you know. And um, one guy had said, you know, yeah, I like Boba Fett too, but I don't want Mando to take away the action. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I totally understand that. You know, I, I totally understand like Grogu and Mando being such a su such a huge iconic duo these days that they're literally like commandeering everything, ultimately dispossessing attention from everyone else. You know, and. Uh, and putting the spotlight on them. And and that's why I felt like that was such a huge issue with Grogu, Grogu returning. Because, you know, I, I love them. But I also don't want to see Grogu so much where he ultimately loses his value. If that, does that make sense? I, I'm not sure if that makes sense. But I feel like if you can cons consistently see him over and over and over... Uh, I'm not sure how the cute card or, you know, the bond card, you know, can, can ultimately be played over and over, but this is just, this is not like me talking, this is like a, a other Star Wars fans in general, if, if they can deal with that, because I will, I, I literally put on a Star Wars movie and I watch it over and over and over. I can't tell you how many times I've watched The Mandalorian just because I watched The Mandalorian, right? Because I, I just love it. I, I, I love it, you know? New armor, old armor, I don't care what it is, I just watch I just watch the episodes because I enjoy them. And this is why I think one of the characters that needs to start taking a lot more attention is Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka 
uh, is, is even though she's you know been in animation for so many years, uh, there's a lot of people that still don't know her, you know? She's only really been on the screen, let's say about maybe a half an hour tops, I want to say. I, I, and, and that's not a lot of screen time. So, yeah, get her in there more. Thrawn is a character that can come in. Sabine Wren is a character that can come in, you know? Um, uh, who else was I thinking about? You know, I, I feel like, you know, dude, Dash Rengar, dude, yes, you know? Dash Rengar would be, would be so cool. That'd, that'd be so awesome if, if a character like that would be in it. Um, also, Kira, you know, from Solo. Um, and of course, Caesar, Prince Caesar, uh, what a lot of people call Zizor, which was from one of the first novels in the expanded universe. Uh, that's someone that could definitely be a part of all this. Um, I think that also uh, Sabaoth, he could be a part of this. Anything that has to do with Thrawn. There's so many characters that I feel like should should be in this. And also, like the one thing that Mandalorian does so well is that the Mandalorian introduces new characters. I mean, just look at Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth now, I don't even know, he's gonna be like Robo Vanth, I guess you could say now since he's getting the mods. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be in here too now. So uh, there's just so many things. Oh, and then of course, uh, Co um, uh, not Cobb Vanth, sorry, um, Cad Bane. You know, he's another character that could be in here. Like, why not, fam? Why not? Who's a character you want to see in The Mandalorian Season 3? Who's a character that you want to see in this return, this post-Return of the Jedi era, pre The Force Awakens? Who do you want to see? You know who I also want to see? Dude. Dude, the Crimson Raider, dude. Size, uh, uh, man, Sizon? Dang it. I, I can't I always remember, forget his name. Hang on. Uh, Crimson Corsair. The Crimson Corsair. I want to... I'm going to get his name right now. Crimson Corsair. Sayer. Star Wars Force Awakens. Yeah, Sidon. Sidon, I found a tank. Sidon, dude. I, I think this guy has so much potential as a character just because he's in the Force Awakens and he's also in the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, he also has a bunch of history inside, uh, like, I think he used to fight Separatists, right? I think that was his thing. And then he just, like, was like a pirate outside of that. Dude, he's like, he's so cool. I, I feel like I feel like this is another character that could literally define an entire age, and uh, and if if you end up seeing him, like just imagine the Crimson Corsair, just walks in with his sick ass hat, <laughs> like I would flip out. I would think that'd be so cool. That's see that's see that is that is something that I feel like they need to do more of because it also enhances uh, the the effect of you know. The sequel trilogy. Why not? Why not more of that, man? G just give me that. Give me. Give me it all. You know. Thank you so much, Samus. I, I appreciate. It. I love questions that make me discuss and, and just trail off and go off because it's not just like yes no questions. But you know me. I can't shut up about Star Wars. I can never shut up about Star Wars. Jesus. Even at work, every Zoom meeting, every team meeting, I'm just like I always have Star Wars shirts on and everyone sees the Funko Pops behind me. It's the most unprofessional thing. I don't know how I've maintained to hold a job for this long <laughs> with the way I am. But yeah, I just thank you so much, Samus Prime. I appreciate you, fam deuces all right so aaron m says uh will we see cameos from the 501st and kenobi flashbacks and if we do will it serve any other purpose than to make us cry no um we are here as fans of the prequel trilogy and revenge of the sith ultimately to suffer that is our purpose in life we are going to continue to suffer and be put into depression and sadness because of order 66 and the 501st destroying all of our favorite jedis <laughs> like like i'm not even joking that's that's literally how i feel i literally feel every time but but that's the thing though it's like i'm not gonna get tired of it the five oh, this is to be the order 66 is literally one of the greatest story points in all of star wars it is the most amount of tragedy especially because of the clone wars and i'm not just talking about like the animated series i'm talking about the the era of the clone wars in general you know you have all the clones you have all these characters uh jedi and then of course a uh, dark jedi and then the separatists and what happens to the separatists and geonosis it's just like so many things are ultimately shoveled uh and thrown into off balance because of this one event and it's not it's not a world no it's not it's not a city you know it's not a country dude it is the entire galaxy ultimately the universe shifts the tip of the balance you know it you know there was darkness and the darkness was growing 
but then the darkness becomes more than the light at this point. That is why it is one of the most important, if not the most important event in all of Star Wars, because of what happens. That is the point where the Chosen One becomes Darth Vader, you know? It's crazy stuff. I had to drink water. I'm, I'm actually been thirsty. <laughs> um, I love it, Aaron. I, I really do, and I hope we never stop getting Order 66 moments in video games, in books, in comics, and of course, in live action. Give me all of it. Thank you so much, Aaron. Appreciate it. 18th Green says, What Star Wars projects are you most excited for? So there's a lot of whispers going around about Star Wars Visions 2, and I honestly gotta say, fam, I need that. I, I keep putting on uh, the Village Bride, Ronin, uh, the Ronin, and of course the Ninth Jedi. Uh, the Elder I watch as well. I, those four I watch over and over. If I could get TV series or anime series or movies of those... Man, that's I, give it to me. And I keep seeing rumors about Star Wars Visions 2 happening. Uh, one of the producers is actually uh, uh, one of my mutuals on Twitter. Uh, and he's really cool. Very down to earth. You know, he does a lot of anime stuff, which is so awesome to see. It's not just Star Wars. It's just like ultimately like anime in general. Uh, and of course, for that project, uh, I feel like, yeah, you always need that. It's, it's so beautiful to see. So, yeah, give, give, give me Star Wars. Give me Star Wars Visions 2. That is something that doesn't happen often, Star Wars anime, uh, traditional anime in general, and I think that, yeah, we need more of that. Um, the Mando, these are all rumors, by the way, the Mando game that's supposed to be, like, co-op and open-world-ish, that, that, if that's true, I'm, I'm dying of excitement. I need that right now. I just don't know, I don't even want to eat, I just want that game, and nothing, nothing, nothing will satisfy me unless it's that game, honestly. Just the idea of that game is everything to me, and I and I need it now. But let's talk about let's talk about projects that are actually existing. Uh, it's a it's Ahsoka. It, it it really is. You know, I, I can't really say if whether or not this whole new sequel trilogy thing is happening, or you know, Ray and Finn are back and they're going to be a part of this. And of course, Rogue Squadron. That's cool too. You know, but there, it's just all rumors and rumors and rumors. You know, but the thing that I really ex am excited for the most is Ahsoka. I feel like Ahsoka is is ultimately where the franchise is going right now at least because of what has happened with the mandalorian because of dave filoni because of john favreau because of these characters ultimately stealing the show and becoming something new becoming their own that's everything to me that is so beautiful to see you know and it's characters that we can all enjoy one of them is original uh, the other character, of course, uh, I'm I was talking about Manda, who's original. And, of course, uh, Ahsoka, you know, like, completely known, but at the same time, still, you don't know enough about this character. And and the audience has, and most of the, like, casual fan base that only watches movies, or, excuse me, I don't really want to call them casual, but the movie-only fan base doesn't even know who she is. They're still trying to figure out why she's so important, and, of course... That series is perfect for them. I can't wait. Give it to me now. Acolyte, I know that you're the unsung hero out there, but I'm sorry, Ahsoka, Ahsoka in the series is getting it right now. I need it. All right, Aaron M, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, 18th Green, I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. All right, Pat Jackson. This was actually seven minutes ago, and it's so funny because uh, this is uh, a really crazy question, but I feel like I'm going to go off here. So if I go off, ooh, we getting it, all right? Do you think it's possible to defy the will of the Force? I know it's a philosophical question uh, with no real answer, but let me explain. <clears throat> Let's look at the Phantom Menace. When making the bet with Watto, Qui-Gon changes the role of the Chance Cube. Awesome scene. I know <laughs> I know. the theory is that he's using loaded dice, but that's nonsense in my opinion since Qui-Gon Jinn wouldn't have known that for sure. It was coming up to Qui-Gon... Wait, it was... It was going to come up with Qui-Gon to take Shmi instead of Anakin, but he changes it using the Force. Now, does that mean the Force wanted Shmi uh, to go instead? Does Qui-Gon mess with Destiny? We've seen how bad things went afterwards, and clearly as powerful he was, Anakin was never cut out to be a Jedi. So, was the entire Darth Vader debacle some kind of... Uh, 
uh, karmic backlash against Qui Gon changing what should have been random the chips because Shmi should have been chosen? <laughs> Just something to consider, dude. Um, yeah, that's actually hilarious. But I, I know I don't think that at all. I feel like the the intent obviously because he uses the force to change the dice to land on it because he, you know, he he wanted Anakin. He, he he wanted Anakin as soon as he ran into it, and that's the beauty of like Qui Gon Jinn's <sighs> Qui Gon Jinn's character. Because while while you, you and I think it's ironic because you use him as an example, but he's the one who literally followed the Force. Like, yeah, he had, there's the Jedi code and everything, but he literally followed the Force to a T, and that was it. You know, like <laughs> you know what that mean? Dude, I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna say my first effort on this podcast. And I never say it. Um, you know, it's just like you know, uh, master. You know, the the council doesn't want you to do this, and then that meme that's that has Qui Gon, and he's like, you know what, Obi Wan, f the council. <laughs> so, <laughs> but and, you know, in the movie he says, you know, Obi Wan, I will do what I must. So I think that's so goddamn funny, dude. Every time I think about that, I just like, <laughs> so. Oh man. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, Qui Gon Jinn, uh, it literally is the epitome of what a Jedi should be. Uh, but that's ultimately why another part of your question, when I'm totally not really answering the main part of your question, but yeah, you know, I've I, I've always said this, like even in high school, man. I I, I said that if Qui Gon Jinn doesn't die, Anakin Skywalker does not turn. And one of the reasons why is because it took so long for Anakin to even respect Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because Obi-Wan Kenobi also didn't even want Anakin, you know, was the first thing he says. He's like, when he when he meets Anakin, or when they're about to meet Anakin, he's like, why do I feel like we've picked up another useless life form? That's what he says! It's in the movie! He's referring to Anakin! He doesn't know Anakin yet, but he, but that's what he said! That's how he is. And then, of course, the whole debacle about the, you know, the debate and the council telling Qui-Gon Jinn, dude, you can't have two Padawans. What the hell are you doing? And he's like, all right, nope, that's it. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's he's a freaking Jedi now. He, he's ready for the trials, you know? And so <laughs> he just suits, sweeps him aside for no booty Anakin because he's the chosen one, you know? Um, and and, and Obi-Wan didn't even want to do that. He only did that because Qui-Gon Jinn promised on his uh, asked him on his deathbed like dude can you please train this kid he's the chosen one you know so obi-wan's not gonna say no of course he is uh but then of course they, the movies happen and, and that's what happens but i'm telling you right now i i really feel like the way qui-gon jinn's mentality was and how he followed the force i actually believe that a lot of what happened with anakin probably wouldn't have tuscan raiders being slayed probably wouldn't have happened anakin skywalker like literally follow like following palpatine that wouldn't have happened they would not have been that close qui-gon jinn would have ultimately taken a lot of that responsibility to be that person away from what palpatine was being i don't his his ploys would have uh, I, I don't i don't think he turns i just i just don't see the relationship between Qui-Gon Jinn and Anakin Skywalker becoming what, uh, just becoming anywhere near remotely as potentially destructive as what Obi-Wan Kenobi's and Anakin's was. Because the opportunity was there for Palpatine to just groom and manipulate him, you know, and I don't think that would have happened with Qui-Gon. But, the real answer to your question about whether or not you can, you know, defy the force is i think is such a beautiful question because in knights of the old republic 2 and this is probably your best answer pat honestly is go and play that game and see what matris Surik does the exile the exile is literally had the potential to kill the force and darth kreia who is one of my favorite characters in all of star wars i'm talking about like top three fam maybe even like honestly if we're honest like top five and, and that is so hard for me to decide, but like, oh my goodness. Um, jeez, man. The idea of what she says and, and, and how the exile, the exile influences people, because people ultimately don't necessarily uh, have will, they just kind of follow Matrosuric, and they're not necessarily sure. And, and that's why the council at the time uh, of the game ends up you know, cutting you off from the Force. And they try to cut you off from the Force twice in that game. 
Uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, of writing of just such a fleshed out character of Darth, uh, Darth Kreia, just like going on and, and tell, like just straight up, just roasting the council about how they're so smart and they're so intelligent and yet they're blind and they can't see the answer. Um, and, and that's ultimately why Kreia tur you know, turns to the dark side again because she's a she's a she's like a full-fledged master. This is a character that's literally been like the grandest of masters on the on the Jedi Council and of course a Darth uh, as a Sith. You know, that that's the literally the, the highest you can go both ways. And then she was so into in the center of 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 the force. Not not a gray per se, um, but she was just like right in the middle of just like you know this is why this is bad and this is why this is good but understand every for every reaction every action there is a reaction and like i just i don't think there's a really better like written character in all of star wars because of that but that character defies everything and it's so incredible why that character hasn't necessarily been picked up but aspects of that character have been used in the sequel trilogy, and that is the dyad, which does defy the Force ultimately, <laughs> because it's such a crazy bond. It's not a, I don't, it's not a natural bond. It's something that is just so rare. That's why I hasn't seen for ages, right? So, yeah, I think it is possible. I think it's incredibly possible. Uh, and, and I think that when Star Wars uh, writers start to delve deeper into that, I think that Star Wars is ultimately going to be even more interesting, which is why KOTOR was so amazing, um, and everything else. Even the Ujan Vong, which is something outside of the Force, which is, you know, that's why the Force didn't affect them. And then, of course, you have the, the Grisk, which are very similar uh, to them because they were written by the same person, created by the same person. So uh, definitely go check that out, fam. Definitely go check that out. Uh, I think ultimately uh, there are, you, you may not find a concrete answer, um, but I think you will find things that will give you uh, evidence, just like the characters that I listed, like uh, the Exile, Matrix Surge from Knights of the Old Republic. Definitely go check it out, okay? Thanks so much, fam. All right, I'm the Reverses. What are your favorite and least favorite Star Wars books? Canon and Legend. All right, so... Okay, so two of my least favorite books actually right now are actually in the new canon. Um, and, and these are... Okay, so first off, before I say this, these are not bad books. The reason why I'm saying that they're my least favorite right now is because I, I was upset. And, and this is my own fault. I was upset because they let me down. Uh, and, and not because, like, again, they, they were not bad. They just either led me down this path where I literally got way too hype, or they just weren't as good as what came before them. Okay? And, and the two books that are my least favorite right now is the... Uh, one of them is the High Republic book. It was the... Uh, was it? No, it's not Into the Dark. It was... The Fallen Star. That's what it was. It was The Fallen Star, which I I was not happy about. Just because the the, the, the way it ended and, uh, and, yeah, the way it ended, things happened in that book that I just wasn't hype about. Um, and then it just it just wasn't as good as The Rising Storm. God, The Rising Storm is, is amazing. And that's the problem, is that it was so ex incredibly, like, surprisingly good. Like... Literally, like, one of my favorite books of all time for Star Wars, right? And then what came after that, just, it just wasn't as good. That's it. It just wasn't as good. And so that's why I'm just like, ugh, you know? <laughs> that's why. That That's ultimately why, you know? It's, it's It was not bad by by any reins, you know? It just, it just straight up couldn't match the most incredible thing of all time, which was the Rising Storm. You know, that, that that's it. That's, that's, that's really it. But this other one, okay, and, um... It's called Resistance Reborn, okay? And this is literally, this book came out like three weeks, or maybe even a month before The Rise of Skywalker. And this book was amazing, okay? Resistance Reborn is one of the most amazing sequel trilogy books of all time. 
it goes oh my god so i'm about to mm, yeah i'm a, you know what i'm going to make an entire po podcast about how good this book is and why i'm upset okay this book starts off with ray struggling in the force it's it's literally like like right after the last jedi and then goes into like a couple months after you know and the the resistance has to rebuild itself you know, it's, it's crazy what's happening, you know, honestly, like, after The Last Jedi, it, things are so bleak, you know? Uh, but what's even worse is, like, Rey is literally so confused, and she has no idea how she lifted up all the rocks. She is completely lost. She's not able to touch the Force. It's just, like, there's so many things happening. Um... And as that's going on, like, you see kind of, like, the master and apprentice role happening with Leia and, and, and Rey. And, dude, it is, it, is, it is a great dynamic. It is so incredible, you know? And then there's characters that are in this book, too. Like, dude, it is literally, like, Infinity War for Star Wars. You have, you have Wedge Antilles. You have uh, Orokamaru, dude, like, that are coming up. And then, uh, oh, dude, just uh, Wedge Antilles. Uh, Nora Wexley, all these characters that are from like literally the sequel era and the, and the new Disney era of Star Wars that are all inside this book, man. And then Shiv from Battlefront uh, and on a couple other characters from Battlefront. Dude, it's just like all of these characters in one book. And it's exactly the way I wanted the movie to be, dude. Like it was just like it was incorporating everything from the expanded universe. Like um, who, who wrote this book? Rebecca. Rebecca. Ron Morse. Rowan Morse. I don't. That person is amazing. I, I don't know if I don't know if they've wrote in any other books I've read. No, they they haven't. But that it was amazing. It was so good. I I like. Man, I I ate this book up, baby. I ate this book up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> like I was good, bam. You know, I it was just so damn good, fam. And um. Well, well, why is it like my least favorite? Because because the Rise of Skywalker. Just I went into I went into that movie theater thinking that book was essentially setting me up for the script of the Rise of Skywalker, uh, and it and it didn't. It was just um, when you go back and read that book, and then you watch the Rise of Skywalker, uh, it just it doesn't make sense. There's a lot that doesn't make sense in my opinion, like. A lot, a lot, a lot, you know? So, uh, it, it just, yeah, it just didn't make sense, fam. That, that's that's really all. It just, from that book and what that book was building up, and then, of course, you see the rise of Skywalker, and Ray, dude, Ray literally has the most incredibly, uh, how can I say, directed power. Like, it, it, it's, it, like, visually, like, shown, and, uh, uh, like, the appearance of the expanded universe was perfect. Like, that's, like, that is ultimately how I felt a Jedi sh have always been. In my head, when I'm reading the Expanded Universe, was the way Rey and Kylo Ren were in this movie. That's literally how I felt it. And and I felt like that, they actually, that in that movie, that's the one thing I can say about The Rise of Skywalker that I love so much, is how it, the Force powers were ultimately explained, you know, and shown visually. And, and I felt like that was the best way ever in any Star Wars that I will, I do, I will die on that. I will die on that. I will literally say that over and over. But I, but, but when I saw Ray and I saw the book, and I see, I mean, I read the book about her struggling, and and she literally just like felt like she lost everything, like her force sensitivity and everything. Like, it was crazy, dude. You need to go and read that book. It's called Resistance Reborn, and just read it, uh, or at the very least, just read all the chapters about Ray having this issue. Um. And it's and it's insane, dude. I I guarantee you, you your jaw's gonna drop because it was just so it was so compelling, you know. It was so damn compelling. Someone like that who ultimately is scrutinized because she is a Mary Sue, which I don't believe at all, uh, had like lost her power because of the events in the Last Jedi and everything that happened. So yeah, I I love that man. That was it because it, it's hard, you know. You always have to build yourself back up, and I felt like that book, that book got it, man. Because it, at one point, 
you know, and you know how much I, I didn't like The Last Jedi. At one point, that book made me feel like I greatly misunderstood The Last Jedi and that it was a modern day Empire Strikes Back, which a lot of people literally think it is. N not me, though, but but that book made me feel that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much on the reverse. Oh, I didn't say favorite, right? Um, favorite books? Yeah, Rising Storm. God, dude, Rising Storm is so good. Rising Storm, Rising Storm is is the most incredible freaking book. Uh, I feel like in Star Wars, it's it's so good. And the second is followed by my second favorite book, which I think is literally exactly like it, is uh, Bane: Path of Destruction. Uh, I I don't need to say any more than that, because <laughs> those books are damn good. All right, so Cairo, uh, uh, Cryo, Cryo, sorry, Cryo Boy 2.0 says, do you think we will see the Emperor and Kenobi? Absolutely, yes. You're you're gonna see him. They're they're gonna make sure um, he gets a. Uh, Yes. Oh, what's his name? Ian McDermott. Yeah, he's gonna get every single, every single opportunity to play the Emperor. Every single opportunity. Why not? Let him do it. He, you know, he even did it in Star Wars Rebels. Let him do it. I think there was a thing too. He was saying that he's like, dude, no one should be playing the Emperor but me. And I felt like I was like, God damn, dude. All right, <laughs> you can have that character. Fine. <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna step in front of the guy that says execute order 66. I don't think so. So yeah, uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's gonna be in there, of course. If Vader's gonna be in there, the Emperor's gonna be in there. You can bet your butt. All right, here we go. Warren Perkins also says, "Have you watched Rotor: The Galactic Timeline?" Yes. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, Warren actually brought up an incredible, uh, incredible, incredible piece of content for Star Wars. And before Star Wars: The Republic uh, actually was released, uh, they were releasing timelines called the Hollow Net on. Oh, excuse me, on the Hollow Net. Um, and this doesn't exist anymore. But you would go back on their site, and it would list like timeline and events which were leading up to the launch of the video game, and every blip before that was essentially one of these events in the Galactic Timeline. That was building the foundation for this video game, and it was so beautifully executed because the story was just incredible. I know it's an MMO, but a lot of people felt like it was a single player because there was just so much story, and there wasn't as much multiplayer stuff to do and events as there was story, but it was so freaking good. The story was amazing, and I think it's one of the best, and you gotta go listen to it, or at least just watch stuff. Literally type it in, Swotor the Galactic Timeline. I think, if it's correct, the one that you would find is about 50 minutes long, or about 46, 47 minutes long, I think. Don't hold me to it. I might be right, might be wrong, but uh, you're uh, put it on repeat. Watch it. It's some of the most incredible Star Wars ever. <laughs> it is It is so good. There are incredible stories. Of course, you get to hear about uh, favorite characters that we know and love, like Revan and Malak, you know, the Exile. Oh, Jesus, so, there's so much goes on. But then there's stuff like you would never even think that you'd be interested in, like how the Imperial fleet ultimately got, excuse me, the Sith fleet got started, and how the Sith fleet ultimately uh, inspired the Imperial fleet, uh, and the guy that created it literally died, uh, literally did not, he probably didn't even see, like, 1% of what the fleet was actually going to be, oh my god, oh my god, I mean, just, like, wow, that's so crazy, and then smugglers, I didn't give a damn about smugglers, and then, and then you read about, like, and then you hear about, like, the smugglers, and how they ultimately, like, saved the entire galaxy, and that they went up toe-to-toe -to -toe against Mandalorians, you know, uh, and, and they blocked the, and they uh, ended up helping the trade block from Mandalore, and that's ultimately what helped, you know, the Republic fight against the, the Sith Empire, the sacking of Coruscant, of course, which is in the trailers, it just goes into so many deep events uh, that is, it's just history, it's just Star Wars history, uh, and it's just one of the reasons why the Old Republic is just loved so much, alright, it's, go and watch it, okay, Swirl Tour of the Galactic Timeline, it's incredible, thank you so much, Warren, thank you so much, so one shout out, last one shout out again, um, let me make sure I didn't, um, I didn't miss any. Yeah, so thank you so much, Salmonus, John R. Warren, I'm the Reverse, Aaron M. Yeah, okay, I got it. 18th Green, Pat Jackson, and Cryo Boy. Let's go. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. Damn, such a, such a bunch of legends. All right, so let's talk about it, okay? Let's, t let's, let's talk about um, some of the 
the goodness of The Force Awakens. And I know this is actually a pretty long podcast today, but you know what? Hey, you know what? You all deserve it, okay? You guys haven't been getting a lot of videos of me. It's literally just been once a week. Uh, so I'm down to talk, you know, for another 20, 15 minutes, however long this talk about The Force Awakens is going to be. But I cannot tell you how happy I was in, like, what, 2013 or 12 when we ultimately got the announcement that Star Wars was going to be owned by Disney and we were going to have more Star Wars. I was so hyped. I'm so, I'm, even to this day, I'm still excited. You know, I know things didn't, aren't, things didn't turn out the way that I wanted for the sequel trilogy, but that doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean it's going to stop. We have so much more opportunity in whatever's going to happen in the future. But man, when The Force Awakens came out, I loved it. I thought it was the greatest, the greatest Star Wars ever. You know, and and when I watch it, I still think it is. You know, I still think it's like one of the best. But when I saw it, I was like, dude, this is the best Star Wars ever. And I know there were so many people too that were like, oh, I, like when I watched it, I said to myself, yeah, you know, some people are gonna say that it was it was too safe, it was too similar. And, dude, I, I literally said this, like, right after I saw it. And I saw it opening night, and, um, but, but I loved it, man. It's just, Ray, Ray, Ray's awesome. I, I don't care what anyone says, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit. I really don't, I really don't care about what people say about Ray. I, I really love Ray. Um, and I just want to see more of her. Because I, I just, I still feel like, dude, she's nowhere near being done written as a character, you know? Like, it's, it's like, you for instance, you watch Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker's story is literally just getting started. Like, just getting started. I, I literally feel that even more with Rey. Like, so much more, fam. Like, yeah, no, I, I mean, I can't even tell you how, how crazy I feel about Rey, because I literally feel like Rey hasn't even got a chance to be a character, because... The sequel trilogy literally was a was had had to do justice for all these older characters while also doing justice for new characters while also living up to the reputation of the freaking brand itself. And, uh, you know that's just it's just it just wasn't gonna happen. Not not in modern day storytelling and the way Hollywood works. It just wasn't gonna happen. But the Force Awakens, I feel like, is 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 perfect. I think it's perfect, and and by perfect, I mean like it's very good. Um, it's better than what a lot of franchises see. Like, when when you hear about a franchise being rebooted or restarted or a spiritual reboot, I don't think you get to see that quite often and successfully, especially to the point where it makes a billion dollars. And, and then, of course, to the point where it's literally, like, the most watched movie in the history of movies at that time. Okay? At that time. Right? So, yeah. Uh, that was a big thing, but but man, Jakku was sick. I, I love Jakku. The theme, oh my god, man! When uh, when you put on the the DVD, like like the original. I don't know if you have like the actual Force Awakens DVD and Blu-ray, but like when you put it on and and it goes through the the Force Awakens theme is like. Dun, 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 dun. You know, and then she's playing because I think the DVD menu is actually inside the Star Destroyer that Ray picks one of the pieces before she, you know, slides down the hill. Um, yeah, and it's just like, and like I just remember falling asleep to that, <laughs> and uh, I just thought it was so magical. You know, it's, I just thought it was so uh, beautiful. It was, it was so gorgeous. Because, because the hope, because the, the franchise, the story had just started. It just started. It was just starting. So when you when you knew that the next movie was going to be coming out, you had no idea what was going to happen. You know, like at the end of the movie ends and it's Luke Skywalker. So every single kid that loves Star Wars, anyone that loves Star Wars, I feel like was just racing and thinking about the potential, you know, like. Is she gonna get a double-bladed lightsaber? You know, are we gonna see different color lightsabers like we've seen in the expanded universe, like red and excuse me, and let's see, red, blah, uh, yellow and and orange and and white, you know, or the dark saber, you know, because the Clone Wars back in the day, like, 
uh, just, what, forest powers? Are there planets? Are we gonna get video games? Are we gonna get more MMOs? You know, like, what's gonna happen? Whoa! You know? And that's, the, the, the theories were so alive back then. And, and that's what's so beautiful about the Star Wars fandom is because when they like stuff, oh my god, they will just take off. They will just take off and write whatever video they want. They will just go in and literally make any YouTube video about why it's amazing. And that's the thing too now. It's like, imagine if they got that again. And then there's just, you know, now you have so many social media, not just Twitter, but oh my God, dude, you have Instagram, you have TikTok, you have YouTube, you have all these other things. And it's just the beginning of uh, like with Pinterest and then Reddit and everything else. Like I just, I can't even imagine like how things would, would explode like they would today, you know? Because it's ultimately harder to keep a fan base, uh, like, ultimately, like, dedicated and, and, and excited and loyal because there's just so much entertainment out there. Uh, a lot of things I feel like are flavor of the month, flavor of the week, you know, and then that's it, they're gone. You know, like Squid Game. Squid Game's gone. No one's even talking about Squid Game anymore, right? It's, it was like the one, it was like the one show people watched and then now, and now it's, now it's gone, right? So, I think that says a lot about, like, whether or not, or the attention span, I guess you could say, of a lot of, like, uh, yeah, pop culture, you know, modern day people that just sit there and watch stuff and then they absorb it and that's it, it's gone, right? It's digested. Uh, on to the next, right? Uh, but Star Wars, I feel like, is not that. People will always talk about it. People, even if people that are, like, super casual fans, they always have, like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I like this. Marvel's the same way. Um, I'm not sure about a lot of their new shows, though. I don't think they stick, but, like, Mandalorian is always being talked about. You can't, you can't go into a store and not see a figure of Baby Yoda or, or something about Mando, you know? Star Wars is just it, man. It's, uh, it's gonna live forever. It's always gonna live forever. And when The Force Awakens came out, yeah, man, it just uh, it just it just hit it just hits so hard. Even when I go back and watch it, I, I don't know, I don't know about all of you. Like, so when I go back and watch a a movie, I I, I get put into the era that that movie was was in, right? So when I when I when I even though I, I didn't live in the original trilogy, I wasn't alive, wasn't conceived yet as an idea, right, <laughs> or a mistake, whatever. So I was I I literally think about like the movies back then, like oh yeah, no wonder why they you know they freaking googly eyed over this thing, right? And then of course when I watch the prequels, I always think about me being in high school or me being a little poop and watching the Phantom Menace and wanting to be Darth Maul. And then the Force Awakens, every single freaking heckin' time I put myself in that theater that I watched the Force Awakens in, and I just think about listening to Ray's steps for the first time. I think about the Force Awakens theme for the first time. I, th I feel... And then Ray in the sand, you know? And, and, and her sliding, and just like me watching it for the first time, I, I, it's, I, I, it's the same thing over and over. It's like it's like a PTSD, dude. I just get thrown back in there, but it's a good PTSD because the franchise has just started again. And I'm here. I'm here. I'm witnessing it. It's all mine. You know, I get to see it, and, and I and I love it. And and I did. I do love it. I still do love it. And I think if I was going to hit a rewind button, that's what I would probably do. I would probably hit the rewind button. For, in like in sense of Star Wars, not like my life, right? I would, where, where would we restart, I guess? It would just be The Force Awakens. Because I feel like everything is, everything is amazing, you know? Mandalorian is still gonna be coming, right? You know, uh, I mean, it sucks because I actually like a lot of the new Disney stuff, <laughs> you know? But, but I feel like if, if, if things, if I, if I could say give us give me one more shot at this it would be the force it would be like it would be the force awakens it, just give let me start it here again you know and if things play out is exactly the same that's fine you know i've watched every single doctor who episode and everything else so i know how time works you just can't stop these things but whatever you know i just i just think it's amazing you know and and i love it and if i wanted hope for star wars I would go back and I would watch for Star Wars movies, okay? If Star Wars episodes, movies, sorry, the main movies, I would literally just watch The Force Awakens over and over because it still gives me hope to this day about 
the potential of the franchise, you know? And that's not saying, like, anything is bad or anything. It's just, I just want to see more. I just want to see more. You know, I want to sit there and, and be excited about a new Star Wars movie coming out. I want to be excited about a new Star Wars character that I've never seen before. I want, I want to see a new Star Wars character go on journey and bring balance back to the Force and rebuild the Jedi Order and continue thriving. You know, and that character is Rey. Honestly. You know, Mando's... Dude, I love Mando so much. You know, I'm literally saving every single penny I have to be in a Mandalorian costume on Halloween because that is literally, like, my little dream that I have right now. It's, you know, on, on the worst days I think about that and it makes me happy. <laughs> but even the, even though as much as I like that, I, I still would pick Rey over a, a, lot of, all of these, a lot of these other characters just because... I still feel like she has potential to be something more. But that can only happen if, uh, you know, if uh, people want to play the character and uh, they, they want to, you know, they want to write for the character. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this uh, this was a huge, <laughs> huge trail off. But I hope you guys listening to me like bullshit about Star Wars and everything because it's so fun, man. Uh, but I love it. Let me know what you think about The Force Awakens. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that love The Last Jedi too, and that's cool, you know. Um, I don't. Uh, but I like a lot of elements from that movie, and the same thing from The Rise of Skywalker. So please, let me know. Let me hear it. Um, again, if you want to talk crap about a certain movie, please do not. Don't do that here. Uh, we only want to have nice intellectual debates, uh, enlightening conversations about this stuff. We lift each other up. We're not trying to insult and, and be silly. So please, go ahead and tell us what do you love the most uh, and what do you think, uh, or what do you want to see? You know, that's the thing too, is like, maybe people always continue to put like, well, this was terrible, this was trash, you know? Maybe don't do that. Tell me something that you would have loved to see from a character or a movie that you didn't like, you know? You don't like The Last Jedi? Tell me what you want to happen instead. You don't like Rey? Tell me what you wanted to see her become, all right? I'll challenge you on that. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it because you know this podcast is coming in straight from the Dark Temple, visited by Mera Jade, <laughs> Kyle Katan, and so... Whoa, I messed it up, okay. <laughs> coming in from the Dark Temple, visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, Kyle Katan, and so many of the Force sensitives like yourself. I am Lord Dagavir. Thank you so much for coming to Unlock the Knowledge, the podcast heard all around the galaxy, baby. I'll see you around. Deuces.